The views expressed on this program are solely those of the speaker and do not reflect the views and opinions of Centennial Securities. Be reminded that this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Happy Friday! Welcome to the Weekly Investment Podcast, where we discuss the week's must-know investment news and how it affects your money. I am your host, Walter. This week, we discuss Tesla's split, student debt relief, and pensions. It's been another exciting week in the investment world, so let's crack right into the news. Tesla's three-for-one stock split has happened, and shares have risen since the company declared the split back in early August. The question now is, What do Tesla investors expect the stock to do after the split? Theoretically, the split means that more retail investors will be able to afford Tesla stock, but those investors are small compared to institutional investors, and fractional shares were already available to smaller investors on some brokerage platforms. Even before the time when fractional shares became available, it was not clear that splitting a stock leads to an increase in the proportion of shares owned by retail investors. A study from 20 years ago in the Journal of Financial Research found that after a stock split, there was actually a decrease in retail investor ownership and a corresponding increase in institutional buying. In a filing earlier this year proposing the new split, Tesla said that the move was intended to help the company, quote, offer every employee the option of receiving equity, end quote. Investors will receive an additional two shares of Tesla for each one that they already owned as of August 17, 2022. Tesla's latest split follows tech giants Apple, Google, and Amazon, who split their shares earlier this year. Much like its volatile CEO Elon Musk, Tesla stock divides opinion and analysts have a wide range of expectations for the company's stock price. Some of the more positive analysts have raised their Tesla post-split price target to $360 per share, or a roughly 20% increase where shares are trading now around $300 per share. A plan has been proposed that seeks to deliver on President Biden's promise to provide student debt relief for low- and middle-income borrowers. How will it work, and what are the ramifications? Individual borrowers who earn less than $125,000 a year will be eligible for some level of loan forgiveness. With those whose low income qualified them for federal Pell Grants now eligible to receive up to $20,000 in relief. 33% of all U.S. undergraduate students currently receive Pell Grants. The Department of Education estimates that among borrowers who are eligible for relief, 21% are 25 years of age and under, 44% are ages 26 to 39, and more than a third of the borrowers are age 40 and up, including 5% of borrowers who are senior citizens. The plan also extends a pause on federal student loan payments through the end of this year. The White House said that this would be the last pause and borrowers should expect to resume payments in January 2023. 
if the plan survives probable legal challenges, it could offer a windfall to many Americans in the run-up to the midterm elections in November. More than 45 million Americans owe a combined $1.7 trillion in student debt. Almost a third owe less than $10,000, according to federal data, and that debt could be wiped out completely. Despite the benefits to those with student debt, the plan is not without concerns. The relief could alienate those who aggressively paid off their debt already, and it could be viewed as a subsidy from those who didn't go to college to those that did. Also, the net economic impact of the plan is unclear. Higher student loan debt has been a reason for lack of investment in the economy. Income now free from servicing debt could allow for home purchases and additional consumer spending. Good for the economy, potentially. But what will that effect have on prices? Just when it seemed like inflation was beginning to cool off, student debt relief could help sustain inflationary pressures. Our mailbox question is a follow-up from last week's WIP. Jay asked, are pensions still around? And if so, in what jobs? Great question, Jay. Yes, pensions, also known as defined benefit plans, do still exist. Only 17% of private industry employees have access to a traditional pension plan, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. A few jobs and industries, though, continue to provide workers with pension payments in retirement. According to BLS data, pension-friendly jobs include teachers, about 89% of primary, secondary, and special education teachers enjoy access to a traditional pension plan. Almost all state and local government employees, 86%, are eligible for a pension plan. The state government has a slightly higher pension coverage than local government, and union government employees are somewhat more likely to have a pension than non-union. Utility companies provide pension coverage to 73% of their employees, and over half, about 54% of utilities in the Fortune 500, have a pension plan that is open to new hires. Just over 55% of protective service workers, think firefighters or police officers, are eligible to participate in a traditional pension plan. Military service members on active duty or who serve in the reserves may be eligible for a pension, but only after a designated period of time, often at least 20 years of service. 80% of union members have access to a defined benefit pension plan, compared to 18% of non-union employees, again according to BLS data. Unions often negotiate for better retirement plans on behalf of their members and as a high percentage of unionized workers with a pension suggests that very fact. Happy Labor Day indeed. We finish this week's pod with a thank you note. Every week you hear me discuss the week's must-know investment news, but the whip would not be what it is without work behind the scenes. Jordan Powers is one of those working behind the scenes. Jordan's official title is Centennial's Chief Compliance Officer, but he's so much more. Focused legal counsel, talented estate planner, dedicated family man, and just an all-around great guy. Every week, Jordan listens to make sure that the whip is staying compliant, 
and I appreciate his efforts ever so much. Thank you, Jordan, for all that you do. Next week, we discuss Jackson Hole, Wyoming, known for skiing, fishing, ranches, and finance. Thank you for listening, and please have a nice weekend when you get there. Talk to you next week.